Hey, good evening. It is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. I'm Shannon. And tonight we are doing another Sunday school lesson, Colossians 4, what to do about those outside the church. This uh, is a great, great, great lesson. We haven't actually done it in church yet. I think we're going to do it next week or maybe we'll do something else. But I, Shannon said for Mother's Day we could do a podcast and this is it. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. All right. So what do we? Oh, how about I read the first part? It's a recap of yeah, the whole. Yeah, go ahead and read. This read was, about the first chapter. Yeah, this is uh, Jane's recap of Colossians. It's a great book, only four chapters. Doesn't take you long to read, but I think you would really uh, enjoy it. It's got lots of good stuff. So, the first two chapters of Colossians reminded us that Jesus is enough. Oh, excuse me. We don't have to add anything or take away anything to live the Christian life. Jesus is enough. Third chapter told us how to live this out practically within the body of Christ. The fourth chapter shows us how to let Jesus be enough in our conduct with those outside the faith. Oh. So this is, I mean, this is really pertinent to today's world because mm-hmm. I know we all know people who don't believe in Jesus. So um, this is a vital chapter for every believer to read. So do you want to start? The- sure, I'll read, I'll read the beginning here. And again, this is from the uh, Message Bible Translation. Yep. All right, Colossians 4, starting at verse 1, going through 1 through 4. And masters, treat your servants consider- considerately. Be fair with them. Don't forget for a minute that you too serve a master, God in heaven. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ even while I'm locked up in this jail. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Colossians 1 through 4. Colossians 4, 1 through 4, yep. I will say, uh, if you look into any Bible, uh, how the chapters are divided in Colossians 4, it seems odd that that first one is in in chapter 4 rather than chapter 3, because at the end of chapter 3, if you remember, it's talking about how wives are to... um, uh, t- treat their husbands, husbands treat wives, all the different relationships. And so this one ends... But remember, it's a we put it into chapters. Right. Paul wrote it as well, a letter. Right, right. But so I'm saying... it's just I, a continuation. Yes, it right. is. But I'm, it's just curious to me, when they decided to divide mm. it into chapters, that they put this one in chapter 4. But I just as you were reading that, I'm thinking... It, it uh, of course, relates to both chapters, but masters treat your servants considerately. The servants of these masters weren't necessarily Christians. I mean, some of them might have been, mm-hmm. but so it does kind of go along with people outside the faith. Mm-hmm. So our first question, <clears throat> it says, um, why does it make a difference to keep your eyes wide open in gratitude? What does that even mean? So that was right after, that's um, verse 2, pray diligently, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. I think a big part of that is just the fact that when we are grateful for what the blessings God gives us, it puts a better attitude on us. Mm, that's true. And we are better at dealing with other people and realizing that, you know what, as a believer, I am blessed mm-hmm. immeasurably. Mm-hmm. So I should I should act as if I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. If you are a non-believer, you don't have that blessing on your life. Mm-hmm. I have to be considerate to that and understand that you don't get what I get. Right. You don't right. understand what I understand, and you haven't received the blessings that I've received through Christ. So I should have 
patience and consideration for mm. the fact that, you know, if I'm talking to someone who's using coarse language and things like that and they're not a believer, I'm not going to curse that person for it. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like when I'm training a horse. If the horse doesn't know what's happening, mm-hmm. I can't fault them for not acting correctly right. until they are taught, <clears throat> until they learn. Mm-hmm. Until they experience it for themselves, mm-hmm. you can't expect perfection out of that. You can't expect uh, perfect behavior out of someone who Doesn't know is not doing. a believer. Right. I will say, but you saying that, being grateful, reminds me of the young man who has cows out here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say his name, named Brigan, who I just, I just, I doubt if he'll ever listen to this. But he's always so uplifting if i see him across the yard i'll say good morning Regan." he'll say good morning jane isn't this a beautiful day or isn't the sunshine nice or you know we we have a little exchange mm-hmm. for about 30 seconds and then then you go on but when you do talk to somebody and how much more we believers could share that how grateful we are to be alive and it really does change someone's attitude it's so much better than Talking to someone who's all gloom and doom, and mm. and you just can't wait to get out of that person's presence. I mean, just think one little thirty second uh, conversation you can have with someone might change their whole day. And it's amazing how the influence we have on each other, yeah, uh, through be it body language or, or language or the tone in our voice, how much effect we can have on someone else, and how oh, much yeah. someone else can have an effect on us. And I think that's another thing that we have to remember in this. It says, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. If we do run into the doom and gloom, mm-hmm. that should not affect us. What should we do? We Especially, should, what if it's a believer? Then we should keep ourselves positive. And we should, we, should be, we should be positive in the blessings that we receive. And we should be positive in a way that we, you know, it's one of those situations where if you have someone who... Some people just naturally have a tendency to be an Eeyore. Yeah, kind of, kind of looking for the clouds and all the silver linings, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's just a part of their personality. Right. It's not a negative. They're not a negative person. They just, you know, the the person is just waiting for something terrible's coming around the corner. I just know it, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to enjoy this moment. Mm-hmm. When as a Christian, we really should be seeing something wonderful's coming right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I will enjoy these moments. So when that happens, I think we have the opportunity to share positivity. We also have the opportunity to deflect the negative mm. negativity mm-hmm. and and just come up with positive responses. Mm. And it's very hard for someone to be negative if you're going to be positive. True. It's a battle in some ways of who's going to influence who. Mm-hmm. But if we keep our eyes wide open in, in gratitude, we can win that that battle of will simply because we will we the indomitable spirit of Christ is just something that we should be exuding. I will say too, this we're not talking about just being cheery for cheery's sake. No. I well that kind of came to mind, not that you said that, but right. I was thinking someone might hear that in your words and that's not what you say. We just have to be honest about and I even think sometimes uh, had a conversation with another believer in Sunday school one time, and he was worried that people might think he thinks he's better than them because he'll share what wonderful things happened. But I told him, you know, 
if we share the whole story, like maybe we are struggling with something, like whatever it is, then say, but I know God's going to come through, you know, and show that faith. Or we can say, you know, that this happened to me, but God brought me through, or I did that. And But, I mean, just to show the goodness of God and how he's so faithful. And well, and I think that's also part of what Paul's saying here, too, is if we're praying diligently and we focus, we can find our blessings. Yes, yes, because there's always and that's, blessings. that's not necessarily, you know, I, I know what you're saying. There are people that <clears throat> are gifted at putting on a false front. Yeah. But that's not what he's saying here. This should no. be a legitimate legitimate gratitude that's in our lives. Mm-hmm. And each and every one of us right now, no matter what situation you're in, can find something to be grateful yeah. for. Yeah. But it's what you what you want to think about yeah. is where it comes from. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Okay, so I, I thought this was an interesting question. So um what is surprising about Paul's two prayer requests in verse in verses three and four? And I'll say what the prayer requests are. In verse 3, he says, Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ while he's still in jail. And then verse 4 says, Pray every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day. So, is there anything surprising to you about Paul's requests? Well, it, I love the, the irony of what he says there. Because mm-hmm. he says, God will open doors for telling the mystery while I'm locked up in jail. He doesn't say open the doors to the jail. Right. He says, you know, God will open the doors for telling the mystery of Christ. Um, I hadn't thought about Paul that. Paul is focused, and it's interesting, he uses open the, those doors, even mm-hmm. though these doors are locked. Mm-hmm. He's not concerned about his circumstance. He's concerned about his mission. Mm. He's concerned about what, what is being Oh, that's really asked. good. You know, what's being asked of him, what his job is, mm-hmm. not what the circumstances are. He never asks, pray that we get out of jail. He just says, pray that I can be, that I, and the other thing that, it's interesting with Paul, because I know as a young believer, when I was reading the letters of Paul, sometimes his, uh, he had a Greek rhetoric and a circular logic that he would use. Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Mm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Paul can be, can be, can feel um, a little obtuse in how he talks. And I, I, I find it refreshing that he can say, Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain. Mm -hmm. Make it simple. Mm -hmm. That I don't get too, I don't go too far in it. I love that. I want to see what, how it was in the NASB with Colossians 4.4. Yep. Okay. Colossians 4.4 in the NASB says, In order that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Mm-hmm. So make it clear, make Christ clear to people. I thought it was interesting too that this man, who's written so much of the New Testament. Of course, they were just letters at the time, not the New Testament. But he is so uh, he knows the words so well because, of course, he was a Pharisee and he he knows the Old Testament so well. And he's been teaching all these people and sending all these letters. He still feels it's necessary to ask for prayer so that he will make it plain to people. Mm. And I like that. He's still humble. I mean... Even while people are reading this letter for education. He's asking asking, them for help. Yeah. I love that. I do too. It's so good. So I'll read the next part. It's verses 5 and 6. He says... uh, Oh, and we've... Those are Riggins cows outside. If you hear that, that's not Hawkins does sound like Hawken, though. But, a little bit. Okay. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring up the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. I just like that. I think that is really So good. what do you think it means when it says be gracious in your speech? I think it means uh, fill, and I'll have to uh, describe, um, explain what I'm just going to say, but I think your, your conversation with others should always be filled with grace. So I think, one, I think that um, we give other people the benefit of the doubt and just think the best of them. What, no matter what we've heard about them, that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Think the best of them. Think that their hearts are open. Think that they are ready to receive Christ and just let Christ lead. But then also, I said that um, presume, you know, think, oh, give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I, this is a little off. Well, it is off, but I think it relates. Go ahead. People with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's a, a mm-hmm. heart, a big thing for us because of our children and maybe even because of me and whatever but it does not matter uh but one thing i i tell people if if they ask me anything about that i would say always presume intelligence hmm. no matter uh where that person is wh- hmm. what maybe they're dealing with physically mentally emotionally and i think the same thing is with with anyone we talk to believer or not yet a believer that we presume until we presume we speak to them on our same level because no one is better than anyone else and and we don't talk over their heads or we don't talk down to them i mean they're we are sinners just like them but we are saved by grace and so give them as much grace and love through whatever whatever we say they should leave that conversation with us feeling better about life or thinking about something or feeling loved well and it is it is a common thing for us to see someone who has maybe a negative attitude maybe a bad attitude and sometimes it's hard to hard to put that aside and and not give them the grace to say you know what they must be having a bad day yeah maybe someone talked to them and gave them a bad attitude and they they absorbed that so maybe my job is to try and take some of that off of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And listen. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times the people that are not gracious to others are venting. Yeah. And they just want someone that will listen. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't mean that as in gossip or, or, you know, encouraging someone to grouse about something. But yeah, I, think, no. I think instead... As a gracious, when we when we use this grace that we have and the graciousness in our speech, a response to a negative statement should be a positive statement. Mm, mm-hmm. And every time that happens, you're whittling away at that negativity. Mm. And we should be always full of grace for others because mm-hmm. if you are a believer, you should understand where you came from. Mm-hmm. How far you are from where, you know, your sins are as the east from the west. You are, how far away you are from where you could be. Mm-hmm. And when you look at someone who has not received that yet, who have not, who has not made that decision, we have to make sure that we keep all that in mind in, in our own grace and instead share with them something. And I remember uh, um, the head of Focus on the Family said he was talking to a 
the founder of Focus on Family, was talking to a, a rabbi once, and he said, what would it take for me to make you a Christian? And then he said, the rabbi just kind of smiled at him and said, make me jealous. Mm-hmm. Make me want what you have. Mm-hmm. And if we are full of grace, mm-hmm. they will want that grace. Mm-hmm. If we are full of positivity, they will want the positivity. And again, I'm not talking sunshine and rainbows and going around with a fake smile on your face. I mean truly enjoying life. Mm-hmm. Truly enjoying everything that you, you've been given by God. Mm-hmm. Praising God openly and publicly for it. Mm-hmm. You, um, something you said in there, I, I was thinking of uh, negativity, but how, okay, we do have bad things happen to us. Of course. And, but there's a difference between sharing something that you're dealing with and complaining. There's two different things. Like I'm thinking of the Israelites in the desert just complaining about things that God provided that they just didn't like. They're missing the leeks and the the, the vegetables and stuff and the fish from the Egypt. They're complaining about their circumstance rather than giving thanks. Or and we don't have to enjoy maybe something really bad that's happening to us, but we can fall down in front of God and say, God, I'm having such a rough time with this. This is really hard. And, and Or we can say it to a fellow believer, mm-hmm. and, and they can pray with you, and, and they can help. And, and God, God and the Holy Spirit, fellow believers, will help turn your heart back up toward Jesus. So, you, so you're not so focused on what's going on, but you're looking up. Mm-hmm. And that will give us such a better perspective. But I think, you know, any of us can, if we wanted to, any of us could complain about something. But that does no good. If it's just grumbling, the Hebrews, they were, the Israelites were judged for grumbling. Read Mm -hmm. Hebrews. It's scary. I think it's Hebrews 4. Don't be a grumbler. Well, and I think, I, I agree with all that. And I think even when we are down and we are feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. and we take it to God, whether we take give it to someone else and ask them to go to God with us, which is a wonderful way of dealing with that, mm-hmm. share that two or more are gathered in my name. But <clears throat> I think even then, you know, the strongest Christians and the ones that I look up to will say, well, this is really, you know, and you'll ask them how things are going, and they'll tell you, and it's tough, but God is good. Yeah. They'll say that in the end. God is, God's got a plan for it. I don't know what it is. I just rest in the fact that God has got a plan. I want to, and I know we've mentioned this on other mm-hmm. podcasts, but it had impressed in my heart so much. It, we talked about in Sunday school one time, and and if I have mentioned this on a podcast, well, maybe you need to hear it again. But how I really think that God is so much more glorified in our lives when we're going through something tough and that we let God use the situation. Like we are honest about our struggle, but we know God is good Mm -hmm. because people watch you and they know what you're dealing with. Maybe not the entire panorama thing of it, but they know you're having a rough time right now. So they're seeing how you're going to react, especially if you're a believer. You know, and when they see that you're relying on God and you're not grumbling and complaining about whatever is going on, that makes an impact. You know, they if if they think your whole life is like you got a billion dollars and everything's easy and you're praising God, it'd be really easy for them to say, "Well, I'd praise God too if I had a billion dollars and and 
everything was going right, you know. That's an extreme, of course, but you know what I mean. Yeah, this, we'll start in this next section now. Oh, yeah, and this is the... In this next section, it mentions half a dozen people by name. This is his his closing, but this is really important to the letter. And so, Paul, Paul does that often in his closing. He will mm-hmm. mention, sometimes in his openings, in his greetings, he will mention a few people. Mm-hmm. But in his closings, he usually mentions quite a few people. It's kind of like the... You know, it's like the credits after the movie. Yeah, you know. He kind of rolls those at the I, end of his letter. I love these endings, especially Romans has a long one. Mm-hmm. And he mentions a bunch of people. And I just love to hear these people's names because, you know, there's so much history. And you, I can't wait to meet these people in heaven. You know, I mean, it's it's just, and then some. sometimes you can find out more in other books about some of the people, not all of them, but right. it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, sometimes, a lot of times in Paul's letters, it's the only time you'll see that name pop up. Yeah, so go ahead. Or that person he's talking about. Sometimes the names are common. Um, so I'll read this one here. Starting in verse 7 and going through verse 13 of Colossians 4. My good friend Tychicus will tell you all about me. He's a trusted minister and companion in the service of the Master. I've sent him to you so that you would know how things are with us, and so he could encourage you in your faith. And I sent Onesimus with him. Onesimus is one of you, and he has become a tr- such a trusted and dear brother. Together they'll bring you up to date on everything that has been going on here. Aristarchus, who is in jail with me, sends greetings also. Sends greetings. Also, Mark, cousin of Barnabas, you received a letter regarding him. If he shows up, welcome him. And also Jesus, the one they call Justice. These are the only these are the only ones left from the old crowd who have stuck with me in working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. Epaphras, who is one of you, says hello. What a trooper he has been. He's been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you'll stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. I've watched him closely and can report on how hard he has worked for you and for those in Laodicea and Herapolis. Okay. So that's Colossians four seven through thirteen. Okay, so though we don't though we don't know a lot about the people Paul mentions, we can glean some information about their characters from this passage. Look at the way they are described by Paul, and I've underlined the descriptions. You can't see that, but if you were here, you could. What do Paul's words tell us about them? Well, first of all, the first guy, Tychicus, Tychicus, and he says, "My good friend, yeah, Tychicus will tell you all about me." Oh, and then he goes on. There's no post office. Tychicus is probably the man carrying the letter. Yeah, and it, he's also called a trusted minister and a companion in the service of the master. So he's a friend, he's a minister, and he's Paul's companion. Paul is obviously looked up to by these people. Um, he's a he's a guide for them, a spiritual guide for them as oh, they're going through things. Later, it's, So when he yeah. puts someone and says, he is my companion and my good friend, yeah. he's bringing him up to a, to a level that he's coming with news and... And he's bringing Onesimus with him. He's bringing these men are coming, and they're, I'm sure, hand delivering this letter yeah. from Paul. And Paul is saying, "Okay, you're going to read the letter now. Listen to the man who's who brought it to you." Mm-hmm. He's also said later on to say in eight that he and so he could encourage you in your faith. So he's coming to encourage them. Right. And but he, this is like recommendation. Hey, oh yeah, this is Paul his, this is, is his bona fides. This is the this is his. He's getting a resume coming with him. And when you, when you and t- it's right in the letter. Yeah. It's not like it's a separate letter. It's it, part of the letter. I wonder if it was a surprise for Tychicus. Oh, he said that about me. Mention me, yeah. But I do say, you know, he he says good friend. 
And I don't call someone a good friend lightly, and I don't think Paul would either. No. And then they, the next one is Onesimus. Yep. Or you said Onesimus. I'm going to look it up. In my In my, in my, do, in my Bible here, it okay. gives um, pronunciations. Okay, but he says yeah, this man ahead. is one of you and has become a trusted and dear brother. I love that because if you're doubting, from if you're a Colossian and you're not sure, mm-hmm. this guy is you, one of you. He yes. started. He's from where you're from. He's been where you've been, and and where he is now, he has become trusted and dear brother. So I love that that he. You were he right. Goes to that. Onesimus. Is that how you said it? Yeah. Onesimus. Yeah, because they have the ness up there. I should look scary. it up. It's not scary. You're usually English always right. English teacher of me. Yeah, no, no, Onesimus. Yeah, and then the next one is Aristarchus. Well, before, he, before oh, that. Oh, sorry. When he's talking, he puts them together then. He talks mm-hmm. about Tychicus as being the good friend and the trusted minister and companion. Then he talks about Onesimus, Onesimus being one of you, a trusted and dear brother. And then he says, together, they'll bring you up to date mm-hmm. on everything that's been going on here. Yeah. So he's saying, listen to these two men that I'm sending to you. Wouldn't you like to know what they said? No, it it wouldn't be an amazing thing. Because they're telling Paul's story in ways Paul wouldn't tell his own story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know what Paul did? And then, yeah, they're they're getting a whole um, additional part of this. I mean, just think if you could get all the background information on on something. That'd be fun. That's why we like the chosen. Right. Kind of fills things out. And so the next guy, next three guys are in prison with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Aristarchus, Mark, and Justice. Who's, his name is Jesus. They call him Justice. And they have been a big help to him. That's what they, he says about them. So, And he says they're the only ones left mm-hmm. that stuck with me in this work. Oh, and then so, this Epaphras just seems like a wonderful man. The next one. Um He's a trooper. He's been tireless in his prayers for you. Um, praying you'll stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. He's watched him closely. Wow. wonder why he watched and him And can report on how hard he has worked for you and those in Laodicea and Herapolis. So it makes me believe um, that this church, in receiving these this stuff, first of all, the first couple guys they're talking about, they are saying... He's saying, here's these guys that are bringing this to you. Listen to what they have to say. They've got all sorts of good information for you. And then he goes on, and these next three that he talks about, Aristarchus, who's in jail, mm-hmm. uh, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, and then he, he mentions Barnabas here because he wants Barnabas. You know, the Barnabas I told you about, he's coming. Yeah. You know, if he comes, accept him. And then Jesus, the one called Justice. And... Um, he says these are the only ones left who have stuck with me. So he, he puts those three together. Mm-hmm. And Aristarchus is someone they must know because he sends greetings. Mm-hmm. Aristarchus right, right. is someone they know. Yeah. And then in verse 12, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, says hello. That I love, too, because he separated him out. Uh-huh. Aristarchus sends greetings. Boom. Mark and just Jesus, and Jesus, the one they call Justice, also sends greetings. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Epaphras, who's one of you, says hello. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about what How a wonderful he's been. What a uh, prayer warrior yeah. that Epaphras is for them, and what Epaphras is doing. And I love the fact that he points this out to people because sometimes we forget. You know, Paul is the preacher. Mm-hmm. 
These other guys are the church. Mm-hmm. The preacher can't do it alone ever. Mm-hmm. He needs the prayer warriors. He needs the people that sticks with him. He needs that kind of support, uh, both emotional and physical, and prayer support, and all these things that he says Epaphras is doing. He is tireless in his prayers, and he prays that people stand firm, mature, and confident. He's doing it not just for you, but for other people in other cities. This man is a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. And he and Paul calls him out specifically and says, look at all he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's one of you, and yet. Oh, well, I, love that. I, I forget this. I'm sorry. This mm-hmm. is only for... Epaphras probably started this church. Mm-hmm. Because in uh, Colossians 1.7 says... Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who's a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. So it, they had to be proud to hear about Epaphras, well, what he's been doing. They must be happy to hear that Epaphras is still involved in ministry and, yeah. and still working for them, even though he's not with them. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's so much pride as it's just well, what a wonderful like, thing that he's still actively. Yeah, like he's hey, still actively he's one of us caring about us even though he's not here with yeah, us. Yeah. That's a oh, good feeling. Yeah, it is. Okay, so the next the last few verses 14 through 18, I'll read those. Okay. It is some more of the Greek uh saying goodbye. Luke, good friend and physician, and Damas both send greetings. Say hello to our friends in Laodicea, also to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After this letter has been read to you, make sure it gets read also in Laodicea. And get the letter that went to Laodicea and have it read to you. And oh yes, tell Archippus, do your best in the job you receive from the master. Do your very best. I'm signing off in my own handwriting, Paul. Paul, sorry. I'm signing off in my own handwriting. Pause. Paul. Remember to pray for me in this jail. Grace be with you. There's some interesting things in that. Yeah. Just some very interesting things. He mentions Luke, of course. Mm-hmm. Luke. Good friend and physician. Luke is, of course, the writer of the Gospel of Luke um, and the writer of Acts and possibly the, the actual physical writer of this letter. We don't know for sure. But Paul says, I'm signing off in my own handwriting. Right. I didn't know if that meant so maybe he somebody read the else, whole thing. Maybe or... somebody dictated it and he, and he mm-hmm. signed it. You know? Maybe Paul was at a point where it was hard for him to write this much. Oh. So he would dictate it and someone would write it. And Luke was... We know through the Gospels that Luke was the interviewer. He took yeah. a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. He was good at this. Somebody would say something, he would write it down. He would have been an excellent person to take dictation from, from uh, Paul. But as he reads, as he goes through these things, that's one of the things that just strikes me. And he mentions Demas. Mm-hmm. Just Paul and, uh, Luke and Demas. But Luke, again, is called a good friend. which is I will say later, nice. Demas leaves. Mm-hmm. Leaves him right for the world, but this arch. Uh, how do you say it? Archippus or Archippus? Mm-hmm. Archippus, I think. Okay, um, he's mentioned in Philemon too, mm-hmm. and uh, in Philemon it says, "I'm going to just read the first two verses." Uh, Paul, it's another letter he writes from prison, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, our fellow soldier. So Archippus. I don't know when Philemon was written, but it's connected. Furthermore, this is connected with the Paul's letter to the Colossians. Right. Um, and anyway, Archippus, so he's Ar- over in, at Philemon's house or Ar- church. Archippus is um, obviously someone who has been sent in ministry. Yes, because he, he says, "Do your best in the job you received." 
So we know that talking about Philemon and talking mm-hmm. about this stuff, we know that Archippus was was there, and he probably is new to it. That could be because he's Peter, probably fresh because he says, "Tell him to do your very best." Yeah, because he was he was a soldier for Jesus and for the letter to a Philemon, and then also to here. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's kind of like a. A traveling helper or something. I'm, well, I'm not sure. I think he's probably just sent into ministry. He was probably sent into ministry because it says the job you have received from the master. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like he was ordained to go out and be a minister, a, a minister to these places. And but it also sounds like he's new. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Do to... your best. Do your best. He says it twice. Do your best. Do your very best. Okay. I um, love that. I'm trying to see. I think Philemon. Might have been written before Colossians, because it says uh, Colossians in my Bible. It has um, information about the the <clears throat> it before you read it. Okay, so uh, Colossians was written from prison, which most take to be the imprisonment at Rome toward the end of his life, and then before Philemon, it says uh, the letter Philemon. The letter was probably written toward the end of Paul's first imprisonment at Rome. So it sounds like Philemon was written. Before Colossians, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. It's just so interesting. So um, what do Paul's... Well, I, of course, the, had to bring out the, the woman. In Philemon, it doesn't say that he's ministering yet. No. He's a soldier. Soldier for... So he has he has grown in his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's maturing in his role, which is interesting because that's what Paul tells us all to do in this, yeah. in this chapter. So. so I had to bring up the woman that's mentioned. Of course. Nympha. Yep. And it says, also to Nympha... Oh, say hello to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. What do Paul's words about Nympha possibly tell us? Uh, first off, um, it says, say hello to our friends in Laodicea. So obviously, Colossia and Laodicea were not only reasonably close to each other distance-wise, mm-hmm. they were also connected. They yeah. were sister churches. Mm-hmm. They, they corresponded between each other, which would be normal. And then he mentions this Nympha and, and her home church. So she must not be part of their church. She must have a, tr- a whole church. church. Yes, that's not directly. Mm-hmm. He's not writing to Nympha here. He's writing to the Colossians, and he says, "Say hello to Nympha." To Nympha, and the so, church that meets in her house. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's it's wonderful because that, in addition to everything else, he's telling them here. He's also gathering the church as a whole mm. and putting them on equal footing. Yeah. And saying, say hello to everybody for me. Yeah. And I'm going to mention them by name because I want you to say hello to them. Mm-hmm. Encourage each other this way. He's, he's asking them to encourage other people mm-hmm. with the letter that you got. Hey, we got a letter from Paul. He mm-hmm. says to say hello to you personally. Yeah. And this is what he says. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. I love the fact that Paul is ministering not just to one church, but to a large group mm-hmm. of churches here in just that one statement. Yeah, and also, okay, so Nympha herself, it looks, possibly she had a really good gift of hospitality because mm-hmm. she was having a church in her home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what else we can, she was probably very important to the church. We would and, we would be guessing at anything yeah. else because it doesn't really tell us a lot. But she opened up her house to a church. Yep. So, and like I said, it's obviously separate from the church in Colossia. So maybe she's in and a, Laodicea. Yeah, maybe yeah. she's in a 
a little village somewhere in yeah. between or something like that. We don't know for sure. But Paul knew who she was. Yep. So maybe he'd even been to the church. So we don't so, know. So to wrap this into a knot here and finish this off. Yes. What, how does this chapter that we just went through, how does it relate to this concept that we talked about at the very beginning that Jesus is enough? How well, does how do all these things that Paul relate. has said relate back to Jesus is enough? Just Jesus. I forgot to take off the notifications, obviously. Um, I think uh, the first part of Colossians, before he... Because most of this letter is his saying goodbye and um, recognizing people. Right, but... But the first uh, six verses tell us to be pray, mm-hmm. to be gracious in our speech, to use your heads and live and work among outsiders. But all this stuff, it's it's keeping your eyes on Jesus Christ and doing it his way. Right. And Paul is doing that by example. Yes. When he says, pray for me to make it clear, not for me to get out of jail. Mm-hmm. He's also giving them the examples of many others. Yes. All these by listing all these names, he's listing all these people mm-hmm. who are also working for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So when he says, everybody's, all these, the guys around me, we all say hello. Yeah. It's, it's a large group of people that are talking to a large group of people and that, that connection and yes. that that, uh-huh. that interconnectedness it's it's a challenge sometimes uh in rural places like we live um to have a lot of these connections in this way mm-hmm. our church really isn't strongly connected to other churches no we have we don't have any negative relationships with anybody but we just don't have a lot of a lot of uh, closeness between churches or anything. Uh, but I am blessed to have uh, a pastor in Eagle Butte from the Baptist Church in Eagle Butte um, who has come and talked to me and I've talked to him about things and, and having that connection there. And he's even asked me to preach at his church later on this summer. But it's just one of those things where that, that commonality mm-hmm. of Christ is something that we should be sharing with each other. And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what your denomination is. It doesn't yeah. matter all that, that. That's the crap that's on the outside. Jesus is enough. Yeah. And if you if you are a true believer in Christ, that's enough that you should have a connection the way that Laodicea is connected with Colossians. Say, hey, I sent you a letter. I sent them a letter. Exchange letters. Mm-hmm. Let them hear what I'm saying to them and let them mm-hmm. hear what I'm saying to you. Exchange letters back and forth. That, because oh. Jesus is enough all the way around. And that says to me, when you just said that, in that the same principles apply to every church. Yeah, so, it's consistent. Every believer. Right, every believer. So, um, you know, in some of his letters, he's very specific to a certain church if they had a certain issue. Right. But... What he says about that issue applies for other things. You know, the same godly and, and any issue you're having now that somebody else isn't having, they might have later. Mm-hmm. So it's it's worth relating. Mm-hmm. And Jesus and, and Paul himself says, you know, Jesus and, and him crucified. That's it. That's yeah. the story. That's the end of it. All it is is the mystery of Jesus. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm preaching. Nothing else. And so many times in Paul's books, he talks about. You know, don't let the fasting be a problem. Don't let the, what you eat be a problem. Don't let anything be a problem. Don't let Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the rest of the junk. If it's going to bother somebody, what you eat, don't eat it then because it's not important. Just don't eat Jesus it in front is of enough. Them. Yeah. Just Jesus is enough. So, and you brought up how he mentioned all these people. I like that too, and that 
that people would be very clear after reading this that, you know, Paul's not a one-man show. Mm-hmm. And none of us... It's not about him. None of us are supposed to be a one-person show. We mm-hmm. are the body of Christ, and we get stronger when we lean on each other, when we're interdependent. And when we share it with each other. Yeah, yeah. Paul says, I'm talking to you, share it with them. I think it's the same way. That's why I love Sunday school, and I love our Bible studies, because... God will speak to someone, mm-hmm. to someone's heart. The Holy Spirit will speak through someone. And they will tell you what God wants you to hear. He can come through someone else to tell you what. Mm-hmm. And I love that fact that we all have different inspirations and backstories and perspectives. And by sharing that with each other, it just deepens everything. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just saying it looks like we're, we're wrapping about 40 minutes here. So. Yep, and I was going to say also... Um, we're all learning all the time. Yes. And and God will never go against his words, his word. His principles are always the same. I mean, he never, God never changes. But uh, even if you're a brand new believer, God will use you in, in more seasoned believers' lives. Mm-hmm. Because you are a different person. You have a new perspective. And you see things in ways no one else can see. We all, that's why we all need each other. And it can be so inspirational for someone who's feeling like they're carrying a heavier load than other people to have a new believer come up and share something. Yeah. The, the simplicity that comes sometimes from that is just absolutely refreshing. And, and yeah, God will now, use anybody. I want to end this with one thing that I'm sorry oh, to say. What's that? I wish we had... The, the letter of Paul to the Laodiceans. Oh, wouldn't that have been nice? We must have. They must have missed one somewhere along yeah, the line. It wasn't there's captured. probably a lot of letters that. that we but it's just, it, you know, he mentions that he sent one to them and shared yeah, with each other. Yeah, that would have been fun. Which I'm sure they did share with each other, and we yeah. just didn't didn't, didn't get, get that piece of it. But yeah, that would have been so much when we get to heaven. And we'll it's see amazing it. to me that you and I just went 42 minutes on this Sunday school lesson. Yeah. We don't, it's hard for us to get 42 minutes of good conversation out of when the whole church is there. Oh, well. It's, because, it's just the two of us sitting yeah, here. Yeah, and, and I will say we grown-ups, grown-ups are still get timid and insecure about speaking out, which I wish if you're part of our church and you come to our Sunday school, I, I don't be timid. I oh, love no. to hear, I oh. love it when people talk. Yeah. I mean, I don't want you or me to do all the talking. I'd rather no. us... Do the only talking I really want to do in Sunday school because I'm the one who like reads the questions. That's enough for me. I read the question and then uh, the word is facilitation. You facilitate. Yes, I facilitate. Yeah, I'm facilitate. Yeah. What did I say? Facilitate. Oh, did I? (laughs) No, I'm not drinking. Trying to facilitate the. Trying to facilitate. Yeah, I'm. That's how I teach. That's how I teach Sunday school. I facilitate discussion. And that's our. That's that's what we love to hear. The more people speak, yeah, I don't the more need people to hear share, the better it is for everyone in the church. Yeah, I don't need to hear me So if sharing. you're not a member of our church, um, I hope you're a member of a church, and I hope you share with others. And, if um, you need a church. If this is, yeah, if you need a church and you're local, we're here. If you're unable to get to church, we're on Facebook. Um, I just... This was interesting, wasn't it? I pray that this is something that uh, maybe enlightened you a little bit or even just piqued your curiosity to go in and look for yourself yeah so great well thanks god bless all right bye